0: This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to Dumpster Diving. <laughs> uh, this week, we're talking about something that doesn't suck for once. I know, it's a, it, that's the twist part.
1: I wept on the plane to Philadelphia.
0: Yeah, that's true. But, uh, so,
1: we're... uh... Oh, speaking of which, uh, James Lipton did die, which we forgot to mention. Oh,
0: yeah. R.I.P. James Lipton. Uh, He
1: seemed seemed like a fun guy.
0: Yeah, former pimp. And, uh, like, I think he was, like, 100 or something like that.
1: Oh, uh, he was pretty old. I don't know exactly how old.
0: He was. He was in his nineties. I remember finding that fact out. and I'm like, what the fuck? How is that fucking guy in his nineties?
1: Yeah, I don't know. He seems spry for someone his age, for sure.
0: Absolutely. Uh, but we're talking about Breaking Bad this week, and uh, specifically, uh, I believe it's episode fourteen of season five.
1: Yeah, uh, I believe you're correct.
0: Ozzy Mandius.
1: Not just the uh, Watchmen superhero either.
0: Right. Uh, widely considered one of the best, if not the best, episode of Breaking Bad ever, and uh, possibly the best hour of television ever put to film.
1: In the history of the entire world.
0: Uh, I guess we could start with the, the title, uh, kind of as you alluded to uh, with the Watchmen. I mean, not necessarily connection, but the Watchmen character also i would assume gets its uh inspiration from from the yeah exactly.
1: there's there's a, it's actually interesting if you look at the uh episode where they're talking about how he got his name as ozymandias mm-hmm. it's all the exact same like you know images in some cases you know the the face half, halfway in the ground
0: yeah yeah exactly but uh and for those of you that don't know uh ozymandias is the name of a poem actually two poems um, one written by the the, mo- the most famous one written by uh, Percy Bysshe Shelley, uh, best known as Mary Shelley's husband.
1: <laughs> yeah, which she wasn't at the time, but then she wrote, uh, you know, Frankenstein, Frankenstein right? and uh, now we know her.
0: She invented the horror novel, basically, or the science fiction novel, or whatever they say. Um, and uh, yeah, so uh, <laughs> you know that's where we're at. But uh, Percy Shelley was a uh, romantic poet. And he, uh, uh, the London museum had recently acquired and he, him and his friend decided to, you know, have a friendly competition by both writing sonnets. They were sonnet writers, uh, of the, with the same title and the same kind of theme because the, the London museum had recently acquired, uh, at least part of, I, I think it was just the leg or, or, you know, a, a leg and, and some other parts of a statue of Ramses II the Egyptian pharaoh uh and the the Greek name for for Ramses was Ozymandias so that's what the the titles are or the poem of the titles are uh but basically the the theme of both poems is kind of uh how things how no matter how powerful you are uh you know your empires are always going to fall time time always gets you
1: and that's what life is, a series of down notes.
0: Exactly. <laughs> exactly.
1: Empire, Empire we're talking about empire, right? Yeah. Yeah,
0: exactly. And the empire always falls. Uh and that's absolutely what's going on here. This is the final gasp of uh of um Walt's empire as uh as it says in the poem, uh probably the most famous line from the poem, this is from uh, Percy uh, Shelley's poem, is um, uh, my name is Ozymandias, king of kings, look on my works, ye mighty and despair, uh, which is
1: you know... I love it, an intro for a rap track.
0: <laughs> it's a uh, it's a very forceful a very forceful like you know, I'm, I'm the biggest badass kind of thing, but it's being read on, you know, a but or like it's being read on the, the name plate of a statue where only the leg remains. I mean, that's the, that's the juxtaposition of it. So it's, it's like, yeah, it doesn't matter how mighty you were. Your time is now over. Uh, and that's, that's absolutely the theme of, of this episode. Uh, it begins, uh, kind of flashing back, uh, you know, at their, to the first episode really, or at least the, you know their first cook, um, where uh, Walt and uh, and Jesse are wearing, uh, you know, very <laughs> unconvincing wigs and, uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, doing this cook and uh, w- features one of my favorite lines <laughs> where Jesse's about to light a cigarette and he goes, not in here. And he goes, I know, like I'm an idiot. And he looks at me and he goes, yeah, like you're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah. this is obviously a flashback to better times. Uh, this is also when they decide the name Holly because yeah. um, Skylar calls him and, you know, they go, oh, that's a good name, you know. And then uh, then uh, uh, this is actually, you know, obviously it's all linear. So this, what happens right before this episode is uh, there's a shootout between the Nazis and the DEA who Jesse has sicked upon Walt because he's finally tired of his shit. And he thinks he's got him. But yeah. as we all know, we never quite get Walter White.
0: Right. But, uh, yeah, so, so, uh, Steve Gomez is dead. Uh, Hank is, is shot in the leg and, uh, Jack, you know, and his gang kind of come up and, and Walt, you know, Walt had tried to call them off, uh, you know, before. He offers
1: his entire fortune, which we discover is $80 million in these, uh, barrels that he's
0: burying up. So he said, he says, he's, he basically pleads for, for Hank's life. Hank. As he points out, you know, that Walter is the smartest guy he knows, but he's too stupid to realize that it's already, it's been over.
1: <laughs> that yeah, once- yeah, he tries to get Hank to say that it'll stop the investigation, that i will just let this go, he'll let them be, but Hank, you know, Hank, that's not something Hank would do.
0: Right. Yeah, and, and and once they opened fire, you know, as as Jack points out, he's like, well, his partner's dead, and he's wearing a bullet. Seems like, you know, we're involved in this. Um. So, you know, he, he but he pleads for his life because this is I think I don't even know if I want to call it his last. I guess. Yeah, this I, I would say this is probably his maybe his last vestige of humanity or, or at least part of his last vestige of humanity, because, you know, in the previous episode, we see him remorselessly uh, murder a bunch of people or have a bunch of people murdered in uh, prisons in this highly coordinated way. Uh, you know, obviously he poisoned, uh, Brock, you know, it says, you know, he knew that he wouldn't kill him or whatever, but, you know, poisoned him to, uh, to, to reach his own ends. You know, he's done all these monstrous things from the starting point, uh, that we see at the the very beginning of this episode, but having, you know, being a part of Hank's murder is, is too much for, for him. And it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter if Hank's going to arrest him. At, at that moment, nothing else matters but his family. As he points out, you know, and a lot of this is about family and the destru- the, the final destruction of his family, uh, you know, where he says he's family and, you know, you can't do this and everything. And then Jack, you know, ob- obviously shoots him and kills uh, Hank and um, Walt just falls to his knees Absolutely, and collapses in a yeah.
1: perfect, you know, symmetry with, you know, the famous picture of, you know, the face, you, you know, mm-hmm. obviously, you know, th- th- you know, it's just how it was and, and meant to be from the beginning. It's you could line them up. They're almost identical.
0: Yeah, perfect, perfect camera work, uh, fantastic acting from Brian Cranston, just, you know, absolutely, incredibly choreographed. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, perfect collapse. And that's like, I mean, that's just like him breaking. That's anything that was, I mean, I guess there, there's one other point in this in this episode where you can kind of, you know, point to his humanity, but basically anything that was left of him that was good, you know, breaks and shatters there.
1: Um, He's lying there on the, the desert floor, and then uh, he happens to notice that Jesse, uh, who vanished during the shootout, is hiding under one of the cars.
0: Yep, and, and that's what he says. He, at that point... He yeah, he obviously
1: blames him for Hank's death because Hank wouldn't be here if he hadn't.
0: Yep, and he you know that coldness comes back over him, and you know he says this his one thought like you know because he 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 tries to give like you said he tries to give all his money his eighty million dollars to Jack to just let this go. Uh, Jack takes it anyway, obviously, but leaves him a barrel of. Yeah, because Todd
1: begs him to do so, because Todd just still has a really big affinity for Walter.
0: Yeah. But so Walt says, hey, you know, you still owe me Pinkman. And he reveals where he is. They pull him out and everything. They're about to kill him. And then. Uh, you know, Todd again. Yeah.
1: He he knows how to make this, you know, he's his partner. We can, you know, Todd himself is trying to make meth, but he knows he's not as good as Jesse or Walt. So, you know, Hey, we have our own, you know, meth cook slave.
0: Yep, exactly. And so Walter, you know, kind of agrees to it. Uh, but before he lets him go, he has to, uh, twist the knife in even more and reveals that, uh, that he was present when Jane uh, died. He, he, he reveals his his culpability in that. Although I don't know if he even realizes um, or if any of them realize that he's even more kind of, you know, responsible for her death than just watching her die because, you know, he goes to shake Jesse awake and he's the one that, like, kind of knocks her over on her back.
1: Yeah. And then one final uh, twist from Jesse as he leans in, uh, Jesse says, I fucked Ted. <laughs>
0: yeah that uh that
1: hurts the really the carpet fucked Ted, I would think
0: <laughs> yeah what are, that's what that I think that's when i first i didn't even know who who Bill Burr was in that episode, but that's what what I think made me look him up uh Bill Burr was when was when he comes in and he's like he's talking about what's gonna happen he's like we're just gonna sit here, you know we're gonna watch TV wait for this check to clear and everything he's like it's gonna be great unless uh you don't have cable. And it's going to suck.
1: <laughs> yeah, I like Bill Burr's character, Cuddy, I think his name is, or Kuby, something like that. Kirby? I'm not sure. Yeah, I, think I think it's, it's Kirby. Cubby. I think it's Cubby. Cuddy is uh, House, MD, I'm thinking of.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Cuddy's from House.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's, he's a really uh, fun character in this. So, yeah, um, so we see Walter uh, driving, and then, you know, during the shootout, his... Uh, fuel tank was penetrated by a bullet, so he's out of gas, so we just see him rolling, you know, this big barrel full of money past the pants he lost in the first episode, if you pay attention. Yep, yep. He he shows up at someone's house, and he basically just hands them wads of cash for their vehicle.
0: Yeah, for this uh, this beat-up Chevy truck.
1: And then we cut to uh, Marie, she's over at the car wash, she's telling uh, Skylar, yeah, Hank called me, he's arresting Walt, but now that Walt, you has know, been arrested, you know, we'll support you, but you have to, you know, get rid of that tape you made because in the previous episode they made a fake tape that mm-hmm. made it look like hank was you know the mastermind behind this also she wants him to tell walt jr the truth so walt jr first thinks you know my, there's no way my dad's a criminal and he says hey if that's true you're just as bad you know because you helped him with it
0: mm-hmm. exactly uh and and yeah it's she, marie brings up something i think it's interesting when she says you know i was thinking about how you know like uh, so many things have to make sense to them now (laughs) (laughs) where like her jumping in the pool and all that shit she's like i was thinking about how you wanted them out of the house and everything she's like i know that there's that part of you that's still there that knows what he did was terrible and and you know what and went along with it and whatever he did to you i think can be undone you know and and that can start now and i mean I, i kind of agree with her where she says you know walt Jr. deserves to hear it from, or Flynn or whatever the fuck you want to call him, deserves right. to, uh, deserves to hear it from his family. I mean, I, I, I think that is probably better than what, seeing it on TV.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. Because every, they both know that this will be like a huge story, you know, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, to their mind, the D agent arresting, you know, his, uh, his brother-in-law for being one of the biggest meth kingpins, you know, it's, it's, it's obviously like, you know, American scandal all over oh, it.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, but then Walt gets home, he starts rushing to pack all his stuff, and Skylar and Walt Jr. show up with Holly, and he goes, you know, pack your bags, and he goes, I'll tell you what happened. And then Skylar, you know, thinking that Hank would be arresting him, asks him where Hank is, she repeatedly asks him, he refuses to answer. Mm-hmm. He, he heated, she grabs a knife, and she cuts his hand. Walt gets on top of her, pulls the knife away, and then Walt Jr. starts, you know, fighting his dad. He calls the cops, and he says, you know, he's on the phone, he's like, my dad is beating up my mom. Then Walt grabs Holly and it runs off.
0: Yeah, it's it. The, this scene is, you know, obviously it's packed with a lot of dramatic tension. It's it's a fantastic scene. Uh, yeah, it's
1: five seasons worth of lies and deceit and trickery just coming to a boil at once. Yeah,
0: and I the the one of the key things that happens in this scene is, like you said, she pulls the knife, she cuts his hand, and everything. Uh, he ends up grabbing the knife away from her, and he just screams at her. He's like, "What are you doing?" you know, we're a family and like, he just kind of looks around at all this, like there's blood on the floor. The house is trashed. The, you know, his son has, is calling the cops. Uh, his daughter, his infant daughter's crying. His wife is, you know, collapsed on the floor. I mean, they do not look like a family in any way at this point. This is,
1: is this the episode where he said, he admits that he did it all for himself.
0: No, that's uh the Felina. That's
1: yeah. Okay, oh, yeah, yeah, because the whole you know, he's like, I did it for the family, you know, he's mm-hmm. constantly feeding this line of bullshit. But right. yeah, he's he's away with Holly, and then the police show up with Marie. Mm-hmm. The phones were tapped, and Walter calls, and when Walter calls, he he's just giving her all kinds of grief. He's saying, You never support me during my criminal activities, you mm-hmm. know, you wouldn't help me hide this money and all this stuff. And then she's like, What are you talking about? And she realizes, you know, he knows that the phones are being tapped, so yeah, he's basically giving out to the
0: Yeah, he he takes, he takes Holly, which is like the only family member that will go with him because, you know, she doesn't, because right. she doesn't know any better.
1: It's like, yeah, she's crying and she, she says mama, which is the first word you ever hear her say, yeah. you know, on the entire show.
0: Yeah. She's like the mama, the mama and everything. Cause he's, you know, at first it's like, Walt doesn't do this just to, just to like, you know, try to clear, um, you know, his wife. He he really just wants to grab any piece of family that he can left. But when she starts, you know, saying that, then he realizes he's like, I've destroyed this. There's, there's, I can't put this back together again. And that's when he decides to, you know, that this is like the last kind of, you know, truly like sort of altruistic thing that he does where, um you know he always yeah, well, on the
1: phone too we, we must mention that you know scholars going you know where's Hank you know yep. he never told me where is he, he goes well you'll never see Hank again because uh the 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 skinheads the nazi gang whatever you want to call them um they they threw him in the hole where the money was initially mm. buried so he's out in the desert somewhere and i mean for all we know they never will find the money
0: yeah so he uh yeah they uh They've buried him, and and Marie, you know, obviously just loses it over that. Um, he takes Holly to the fire department uh, so that she can be re- reunited with uh, her mom and, and her brother. And then uh, he, you know, he get calls the fixer and or the the uh, disappearer. Um, yeah, uh, Robert Forster, and uh, he. Um,
1: you see him on the on the side of the highway where they uh, grabbed uh, Jesse. Yeah. Was, or Jesse was waiting for. It. I don't know if he
0: grabbed him. Well, yeah, he w- he walked away from it, but yeah, but um, he uh, he he gra- he you know takes him and uh, and that's kind of where the episode ends. Um, it's like if you if lo- looked at really simply, like you know, this happens, this happens, this happens. It doesn't seem like a lot happens in this in this episode, but there's there's just a ton of of Ramifications and a lot of episodes or a lot of uh scenes are really allowed to breathe. They, um, you know, they, they go on for, for several minutes. Uh, and we yeah. really, we really get
1: direction. To, yeah. by Ryan Johnson's very good in this episode.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We, we really get to languish a lot in, uh, in this misery, basically <laughs> a lot of things that had been set up, uh, earlier in the season kind of come to a head here and it's, it's a very emotionally wrought, uh, hour of of television for sure.
1: Yeah, this is interesting because out of context, if you've never seen Breaking Bad, it wouldn't be that impressive of an episode. But the way they kind of like did a slow burn, you know, for mm-hmm. basically the entire show. This isn't uh this isn't technically the penultimate episode, but I mean, in a lot of ways, it is because everything after this is just like fallout, and then just wrapping up loose ends. This is yeah. the, you know the key episode. I mean, you've waited so long. Everyone finally realizes what a horrible person Walt is. It's out in the secret, open to everybody. Like, Marie didn't exactly know. I mean, she knew a little bit before this, but, you know, she didn't really I mean, she probably would have never thought he would have murdered Hank, you know, to her and to, uh, you know, Walt's family as well. Hank is almost like this superhero type figure. He fought it out with the twins and, you know, lived the to tell tell the tale. He, he brought himself back from being paralyzed with uh, Marie's uh, quick handiwork. You know, it's just <laughs> all a whole bunch of... Uh, you know, everything is led up to this episode. It just all, it just unfolds. It's like a building collapsing in slow motion.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, it's weird because I was talking to my friend Matt about this. Um, it's kind of—I mean—what is your favorite episode of any TV show uh, of all time? I mean, a lot of episodes are like you know, like you, you've described before, the bottle episodes where they just you know mean nothing outside of the one show. I mean, I have a lot of those I like, but as far as episodes included within like you know the context of a bigger you know kind of uh, tale, like you know Breaking Bad, this probably is my favorite episode.
0: Yeah, I, I would—I would agree. I think this is probably my favorite episode of television, especially. When you consider it, uh, you know, as as part of a longer story arc, uh, like you said, I mean, I could point to uh, like Star Trek, for instance, uh, Measure of a Man, which is a, like very much a bottle episode where, you know, somebody wants to to take data and replicate it, basically. And it's it's more of a treatise on slavery and and and, uh, you know, what is life and things like that. Um, but that doesn't, you know, I mean, it has some impact on later episodes, but it's not part of any kind of larger story arc. So, but that's, uh, you know, a great episode of, of that. And I could probably point to, you know, certain episodes of, of other television shows. But when you're talking about, um, yeah, something that, especially that, that kind of interweaves into the, you know, the more serialized elements of the story. Yeah. It's, I, 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 I can't think of anything better than than this, um, maybe uh, Better Call Saul will, will have you know an episode where that happens as they get closer to you know whatever their conclusion is, um, because I do I probably like that show more than Breaking Bad, which says a lot because I you know, Breaking Bad is yeah, one of my sure. favorite shows of all time, um, but yeah, so I you know I don't know if that'll happen or not, but th- this is you know it's one of those things where they they put the puzzle pieces in place. It all fit together perfectly and they they literally could not have done this better.
1: I mean like No, there's there's nothing that would have made this a better episode.
0: Yeah, you you could get you know, you could get anybody. You could get a collection. You could
1: of get a, a lady popping out of a cake, and it would have made this a better episode.
0: <laughs> exactly. Uh but yeah, this this is basically the perfect episode for everything that they that they set up. And yeah, I would say it's probably it's my favorite episode of Breaking Bad. And, and probably my favorite, uh, my favorite episode of any television show, I would say.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of like single episodes that are you know all within their own context, like of the X Files or the show Millennium, I like a lot mm-hmm. as well. Yep. Um, Futurama has some really great episodes. The Simpsons so classically some of the funniest episodes, like the oh, one thing Scorpio. I love that one. You know, um, yeah. I mean, it, this might be the best episode of TV.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. So I think uh, the praise is definitely worth it if you haven't seen Breaking Bad. Um,
1: Either this or the series finale of Dexter.
0: <laughs> oh, God. Oh, Dexter. Dexter, Dexter. De-
1: so, like, such... Dexter was a very weird show because it worked really well sometimes mm-hmm. so that it was terrible. At it. Like, and they would switch back and forth. I'd like, Oh, my God, I need to stop watching this in <laughs> the next season. Oh, it's very good now.
0: And that's the thing, is that sometimes it would go from season to season where it's like, oh, this season's really good. This season sucks. This season's really good. Sometimes in certain seasons, it would be episode
1: to episode. Yeah. There was so much stuff they never resolved. Like you watched the whole uh, series of Dexter. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I remember that one guy who like, you know, got a job there because he was like a computer millionaire, but then he like had some weird thing going on and they just like stopped. They just stopped (laughs) mixing him. Yes. Like what? The, what where were they going with that? And then, like Masuki had a daughter, and that kind of just like fizzled out as well. Right. I love it's that weird incest stuff in the show.
0: I love that Dexter didn't want uh, to raise Harrison, his child, because of what a monster he was. So he gave uh, Harrison to another serial killer. <laughs> yes. What a what a great idea. Um, yeah, there was, it was weird. I, for some reason, I think they wanted Deb and like the producers or the writers or whatever, for whatever reason, I think wanted Deb and Dexter to get together. And then.
1: Well, I think it's because he got married in real life.
0: Yeah, probably. And then, um, you know, as it was going on, everyone hated it so much because they tried to justify it so much. They were like, well, they're not really brother and sister. They're, uh, you know, they're, they're. They're not related by blood in any way. It's you know it's okay and stuff. And everyone was like, "No, this is gross and terrible." And then they just reveal like, "Oh, but uh, Dexter's or, or Deb's dad, uh, you know, um, Harry was uh, was really biologically uh,
1: Dexter's dad too." So. Yeah, and they made it worse. <laughs> yeah. So what's funny is I wonder if they'd stayed married if they would have just like kept that going along. You know, like uh sure, why not? Your brother and sister. <laughs> You're my sister.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't know. It was very very weird, but a uh, very terrible choice. The first season is based off of the book, Darkly Dreaming Dexter, um which I've read. I've read all the the Dexter books.
1: Um All oh, right. I just read the first one I thought it was okay.
0: Yeah, it was it's fine. It's not it's not a great novel. It's it's okay. The 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 se- first season of the show is better than the book.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Um but it's a good it's a good inspiration I guess for the first season after that none of them are based on like none of the other seasons are based on the books and I, so what I do
1: is from what I've read little about the books is that it actually is like almost like a god like a, his dark passenger is like an actual like you know spiritual entity that's like gotten into his head or something like that
0: yeah there's some voodoo there's some weird voodoo stuff in it um uh Rita never dies she's alive uh at least as, unless he's written new books that I haven't that I haven't read, but as far as I, I've read, the first like I think four, four or five books, uh, she's still alive, and they they eventually do get married, and it's an accident the, him proposing to her. Um, uh. But uh, but anyway, so yeah, there's this weird like voodoo stuff that has to do with his dark passenger and everything. It's like it gets really. I'm glad that they didn't continue on with the books because it's it gets really kind of weird and dumb, but um. But they didn't do that much better with the show. So, I mean, the Trinity Killer uh, season, that's probably the highlight.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the first season is also very good. Obviously. Yeah. Um I, I, I didn't think I would like it, but I did end up liking the one with Colin Hanks and Edward James almost. But I think a lot of that in retrospect was like, because there was like a big gimmick in that season.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. But that, that yeah, that's, that's a good the, season, too. Colin Hanks the, is very good in that.
1: Yeah, I, I like him. In, uh, he's in uh, Fargo as well. He's really good. Yeah. Chet, he'll be known as Chet Hanks' brother when it all settles.
0: Exactly. Chet Hanks' brother uh, and uh, Tom Hanks will be Chet Hanks' dad. Exactly. Rest in peace, Tom Hanks.
1: I believe he's still alive. I no, hope.
0: Yeah, he's still alive. I, I, I think he'll probably he'll be doing well, I think. I think he'll probably live through this. He's got money.
1: Yeah, well, I would think so. I mean, he didn't, I mean, it's, we know it's not, it's not every case is not obviously like, the, you know, super pneumonia and that kind of shit. Right. So, yeah,
0: I think he'll be all right.
1: I mean, he's older, but he's, he seems pretty healthy.
0: Yeah. All right.
1: Well, that is our dumpster. He was doing that pedophilia stuff. <laughs> exactly.
0: Hashtag Sarah, whatever it was, Rourke. I don't remember
1: could
0: be uh but anyway so we will uh we'll talk to you next time for another dumpster diving probably
1: something worse than this it, it, i think everything might be yeah. worse than this.
0: statistically it's got to be something worse than this
1: <laughs> it's no pennies from heaven too did you ever uh, give me correction or were you able to find her oh i found her uh but she has
0: not responded at all and here's the thing she, her last tweet was from like two years ago so yeah that makes sense so I don't think she—I don't think she's really keeping up on it. That's fair. But uh, yeah, we will talk to you next time.
1: See you next time. Right. Oh, and I uh, also am trying to start something with Screenrant.com, who I hate. So uh, I'm going to keep at that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Screenrant sucks.
1: No offense, Screenrant. Wait, take offense. They're terrible. They're. Uh... Watchmen coverage was very wrong in almost every possible way.
0: I like pitch meeting with Ryan George, who has his own channel. Just go to Ryan George's channel because there's funnier stuff on there.
1: Well, um, what is this? Is this where they like pitch like fake shows or something?
0: No. So basically what he does is he plays, he writes the whole like basically they just pay him money to do this. Like I don't even think he's part of Screen Rant, really. Uh but they um uh he plays both parts and he writes it. And so like, uh, that new movie that came out, um, what's it called? Uh, uh, our dad's just, legs. Oh, our dad's just legs and we're elves or something. What? Uh, the, I think it's called H- Onward. I think that's what it
1: oh, is. Oh, okay. I was say it's Peter Dinklage in this, but never mind.
0: <laughs> you know <laughs> that.
1: No, uh, I can't remember his name. The guy from, uh, me myself and Irene, he's, he's in a lot of stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: You know that, um, you know that guy, uh, I mean, you know, um, that movie, Onward, was written and directed by uh, somebody that went to Colossan High School. Oh, was it? Yeah, Dan Scanlon.
1: I think you mentioned him before.
0: But anyway, so... Yeah, I knew his brother, uh, Andy, better. But uh, anyway, so, like, that movie came out, right? So, he does a pitch meeting where he's, like, a fictional screenwriter, uh, like, you know, pitching Onward to uh, a fictional, like, executive, and they, you know, it's a humorous take on things like he'll say, I'm trying to think of a good example from a good, um, like not a good movie, a bad movie, but, um, he, he's like, it's like the super Mario brothers movie. He did that once when I, I think when Sonic was coming out and he's like, um, he's like, Oh, you know how, uh, in the, uh, in the Mario brothers game, the uh, the Goombas are these little mushroom guys, and the and the you know business executive guys like yeah you know he goes well uh, now they're uh, they're you know tall um, you know tall dudes with really shrunken heads <laughs> you know like just I don't know. he's like he's like why did you why did you do that and he's like I don't know you know like I don't care I don't care about any of this stuff and like I don't know he just like he goes back and forth and it's it's very funny uh, so if you if you have a chance check out Pitch Meeting. Uh, look for a movie you hate and uh, watch the pitch meeting for that because it's usually pretty satisfying.
1: I always heard that the, uh, the pitch meeting for Hogan's Heroes was like one of the best pitches ever done. Really? Which it would have to be. I mean, can you imagine that? Like, okay, it's a humor, you know, it's a humorous show. Nazis. POW camp.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just remember from... Uh, that um that movie I can't remember what it was called, but the one with Gre- autofocus with yeah, yeah. with Greg Kinnear,
1: very good movie.
0: Ed Begley Jr. uh from *Saying Elsewhere* has a uh, he he has a a role in that movie. He plays a reporter, and uh basically he, he's like you know <laughs> Greg Kinnear uh, as uh, Bob Crane's trying to justify the the show and everything, and. <laughs> And Ed Begley Jr. is like, "Yeah, I lost a father at Auschwitz or something like that." And he just like walks away, from him, like you fucking asshole. <laughs> oh, it's great.
1: I know. I know someone who's going on your list now.
0: Oh yeah, saying elsewhere. Love it.
1: Oh, the other list.
0: Well, oh yeah. <laughs> but anyway, that's our episode. We will see you next week. Bye.
1: See you next time.